This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. Let us fill your brain cavity with our content juice. I just saw yesterday for the first time that great bit of the newsroom where they're all in a plane. <laughs> oh my god, have you not seen that before? No. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> Wait, what is... So they're, uh, they're all in a the plane. Do you know the newsroom by Aaron Sorkin? Mm. It's the newsroom. They're all in a plane and they're like arguing about how the greatest news of of all time is happening right now and we can't record it, report it because we're stuck inside this plane. <laughs> and it's like a ton of hype tension builds up and then the pilot walks in and then this guy, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jack Newsroom. Um, <laughs> Jonathan News to you. Jonathan he gets news. like super emotional and he like his like lip is trembling and he's looking at the pilot and he's like, oh shit, a pilot. And he's like, sir, I I have the honor to inform you that Osama bin Laden has been, uh, he's been assassinated or executed by <laughs> the American forces. And everyone's like, <gasps> and he's like, we have done it for you personally. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Wait, so the pilot walks in. Yeah. Whilst they're on the plane. Yeah. Does, does does nobody make a single joke about like, well, Who's if we're here plane? and you're here, then who's flying the plane? <laughs> is this I not think that it's kind on the it's on the show? No, it's, really it's on the runway. No, and they haven't started flying yet. Oh. Like they're still. Oh right, okay. They're, they're basically very it, annoyed that they can't leave the airport or something. I posted it in the chat, Lucy. If you want to see it, it's oh, worth I it do. because. It gets full on like lib is. military fetishism. He like like stares like the camera like lovingly runs over the epaulets of this like civilian pilot's uh, uniform and it's it, like sweat like swelling music in the background. It's truly like poisoned liberal brain. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> and then at the end they're like military. Don's friend uh, tells him, "Yeah, we did it. We reported the news <laughs> because you told this one pilot." <laughs> like, this is. This is the the f- the reason why the newsroom why I have only seen like three clips of it is just the funniest thing in the world to me because it's like about these guys who just they just love the news they just love and they just love reporting <laughs> the news it's like CNN but like <laughs> CNN written by Aaron Sorkin so West Wing CNN which is very funny there's um, another clip from an episode called Fix You. Uh, oh, like the Coldplay uh, song? Yeah, and it's like, so something really dramatic happens because like one person, I don't know, can't show up to tell the news or something. And <laughs> Oh no, for the, but who's going to tell the news? The entire like final four minute sequence of the episode, the Coldplay song is playing. <laughs> That's really good. My dad arranged that for string quartet once. Um, People want yeah, Coldplay um, at weddings for some reason. Mm. I know. I mean, oh my god, I've just finished watching this clip. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? He's He comes in, he says to the pilot, we've just killed Osama bin Laden for you, sir. For yes. him? He's just a guy? <laughs> there, was a, there was just a great thread that like em- Emily Vanderwift did on Twitter, which was just like the most batshit newsroom clips and going through it. I can't believe this was a real television show. When was this made? I've never heard of the newsroom before. I don't think it was as successful as West Wing. Um, <laughs> three seasons, 2012 to 2015. 
Oh, sorry. I just watched the bit where the, the cap- captain comes out of the plate, the cabin, the yeah, cockpit, I, and he's like, he, he just he's like struck dumb by this man's presence, and it's just like his. <laughs> it runs over his name tag and like brass swells in the background, and you're like, oh yeah, pilots. <laughs> 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 so abstract. Um, pilots what is this? I know the troops of the sky. <laughs> I found the fix uh, the fix you clip. It's, it's a, a bimbo bimbofication, but it's troopification. Yeah, yeah, I it's mean, everything's a troop now, even if you're a fucking British like, Airways yeah. pilot. <laughs> This, uh, for, trying to find it, but I found this tweet from Emily Vanderworth saying, this tweet has reached this. So, the newsroom was better than most TV Sorkin stands, and as someone who watched basically all of TV in the years of 2012 to 2014, I regret to inform you that no, it really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot what this song was like. <laughs> Would you have my dad play this at your wedding on a string quartet? Your dad, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already discussed Lucy's wedding playlist. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sad stuff. I want <laughs> songs at my wedding that are either about the dissolving of a relationship or could also be played at a funeral. Yeah. yeah. Can we play Mad World as you go down the aisle? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> All around me are familiar faces. But like the fucking... Wait, was... I mean, we'll be playing the circus theme as you go... <laughs> I was I was thinking for a second if it was in Riverdale because because the other Tears for Fears song was also in Riverdale in a moody emo cover shout yeah was like in the first season and then in like the second or third in the second season I think there was that great scene where Betty does sad striptease to uh, or oh, sad pole dancing yeah. to uh, Mad World. <laughs> She's joining the Vipers. Um, the Vipers, the Southside Serpents, obviously. Serpents, yeah, um, go Vibes. Go Vibes. I think Riverdale is the best show ever made. I'm sure, I know I've said this before, but I'm just putting it up. No, I would, I would agree. I would agree. You know, people talk like... a lot of stuff about The Sopranos and The Wire, but... Only men who are on TV because <laughs> they make Damn. The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what were you saying, George? <laughs> um, I think, like... It, like Riverdale is completely batshit and insane, but it knows it is, and it's kind of it's the point. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. The fucking how disconnected from like reality. How how wrapped up in your own like n- political cultural narrative are you that you think you know, I think this like this man walking out of a plane <laughs> just like with 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 a suit and tie on and a, and epaulets, and you're like, oh yeah, this is this is so cool. This is this is like how disconnected from are you from reality? It's wild. I, see oh, yeah, it, I just remembered. Like... I just remembered the other funny thing about because I was like watching the fix you scene in the background, and of course the famous quote of this episode is because it's like around someone dying, and then one of the characters says, "The doctor pronounces him dead, not the news." Oh damn! <laughs> not the news. Wow. Um. The doctor pronounces him cancelled. <laughs> the doctor pronounced him great TV, 100 Emmys. Yeah. Um, I will say that watching this, I'm just like, damn, Succession is a good show, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just good. It's a good show. Yeah, but... Man, imagine Aaron Sorkin writing Succession, though. He couldn't. He physically couldn't. He, would, he wouldn't be able to. He, like... 
his hand would shake too much. He'd be like, no, what if what if they're noble of spirit and fighting the the evil left and right? No, but um, imagine imagine the the swelling music, the the slow mo, the loving caresses of the camera on its subject, but instead of on a, a captain uh, with his with his epaulets, it's uh, uh, well the, the McCulkin brother whose name I forget wiping his load off of a window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kieran Culkin. Fix you is um, playing in the background. <laughs> It's a metaphor for him fixing the window so that it doesn't come. <laughs> no, on but it. like if if Aaron Sorkin was writing Succession, it was like every episode would just have like a big debate between all the rich children, and uh, then they, you know, debate each other on the epic, uh, you know, marketplace of ideas, and yeah. the one with the mm-hmm. liberal thoughts is gonna uh, slightly yeah. convince the other, I guess. I mean, Shiv is kind of like that, like the reality of a Sorkin character. Yeah. Um, in that she's rich, but she's lib, and in in Succession she still sucks. But in an Aaron Sorkin thing, she'd be like, oh, absolutely, like, she would so be the good. the one who's fighting for the good. And then there's gonna be like parts when they're when like her and her dad, you know, come together on some you know fundamental both- principles <laughs> because we can still find. <laughs> middle ground you know even though they, we disagree they both decide that terrorism is bad exactly. together <laughs> yeah. like, whatever we have as, as differences we can agree that america is the best country in the entire world yeah <laughs> and we should never question why there's loads of people who want to blow themselves up um it's because they just came um, out of nowhere haven't haven't understood that america's good yet mm-hmm. i've had this thought that i need yes. to say to someone please uh I couldn't put it in a tweet because it wasn't very funny. <laughs> and doesn't it is kind okay, of but it's good for a podcast. No, um, <laughs> it's probably George's worse. Joke corner. But uh, I was thinking. No, um, I was thinking the the present <laughs> the existence of a, of a fictional place called Nilfgaard suggests there may be also be somewhere called Milfgaard. <laughs> that was it. That's, that's a good tweet. You should have tweeted that. <laughs> Yeah. You could have tweeted that. I would have tweeted that. That's good. Yeah, I would have. I would have immediately tweeted it as soon as I thought Milfgaard in my yeah, head. Yeah, same. I would just have tweeted Milfgaard <laughs> with like no context. Yes, exactly. I've done that now. You got to do it, George. Gotta, embrace oh, embrace go. your posters. I'm spirit. gonna hit that motherfucking retweet on that. Yeah, me too. Oh, big news! <laughs> people are gonna get some followers from my Milf content. <laughs> I mean, that's what the people. That's crave, the most yeah. righteous way to get Twitter followers. Pandering to yeah. milf, milf chases. Milf I remember chases. there was a tweet that got like a ton of like reach. It went very viral because um, someone tweeted, and I paraphrase. Um, she tweeted, "I just tweeted that I have big boobs and." I immediately got followers by 15 different men and I didn't even post a picture. They just believed me and they just they just liked the concept. And everyone was like, in the replies, were like, oh man, what the fuck? But I think that's like admirable, right? To just follow someone <laughs> for for a metaphysical idea of them having big, big boobs, but like, like not the, even the needing to see them. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's been, just thinking about You it. know what? That's kind of what this book is about. It's about faith. Yeah. You know? You believe yes. 
You believe that the books are the, the books, the boobs are there. You believe that they're large. You don't need to uh, see it. Books, not boobs. Um, <laughs> so that's right. The platonic, um, the platonic form of, of big boobs. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's um, the concept introduced by tweets. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think those are the most beautiful big boobs. Are the ones you don't even see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ones you just think about. You know. You you leave the cave that you've lived in your whole life <laughs> up into the blinding sunlight and you see there before you the, the metaphysical, perfect, spiritual ideal. You're like, before I only, I only saw the shadows um, that were cast by the boots. <laughs> now I've seen the real thing and I can never retreat back to the cave. Yes. Shadow pup tit tree? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> George's joke corner. <laughs> nice. Right. This is great. Yeah. We're, we're good at podcasting. I'm glad people give us money every month. Yeah. yeah I told my friends <laughs> to listen to this yesterday. Um, uh. <laughs> speaking of the the thing I was at yesterday, yes. um, this is relevant. Bristolian. Whilst we were talking about fantasy books, um, I got talking to just like one of the guys who was there and I didn't really know him. And we were just talking about our favourite fantasy books. And then he was like, oh my God, my favourite series. I don't know if you'll have heard of it. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, what is it? And he's like, have you heard oh. of Patrick Rothfuss? Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes, yes. yes I have. Um, and I was like, he was like, oh my God, you'd, you'd really like him. You should read the books. And I was like, I'm going to level with you. The podcast I'm on has a Patreon tier called the Pat Rothfuss Hate Fund. <laughs> Maybe I'm being harsh because I haven't read them. You haven't read but them. My co-hosts have and I trust their tastes and it's fine. We were able to agree to disagree on that one. I haven't it's, either. It's sort of a sneaky hate where you first read it and you're like, I feel nothing. Yeah, and you'll probably just, like the it. The more you retroactively think about it, like the angrier you get, it sort of builds and builds and builds. Mm. Which seems to be like a, a common thing, judging by reviews the, I've read. Yeah. The You Killer Chronicles. It's the. Huh. What? The You Killer Chronicles. Oh, because it kills you, but if you yeah. read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got there. I was gonna <laughs> say. Yeah, it was a bit. bit Petro Grossus is like the J.J. Abrams of books in that uh, in that regard. Yes. I think. You know, I it's funny because you can call someone the J.J. Abram of books and we know that's bad, but I genuinely think that um, someone would write that as a review of his oh, book. Oh, for sure. And mean, it sin- and mean it sincerely, but mean it as a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be wrong. Yeah, but that's... You know, maybe it's still accurate. You know, maybe there's people who like that instant gratification and later uh, later like shame thinking back on them and yeah. uh, headaches thinking back on them you know maybe some people get off on that maybe some people just don't think uh retroactively <laughs> about the things they read yeah maybe it gets by on sort of aesthetics and suggestion that something interesting will happen yeah. at some point and then it never does mm-hmm. and in the end it's actually just empty yeah i wonder like if Patrick Rothfuss ever releases book three of the Kingkiller Chronicles, which, you know, he's not very old. Like, 
has he even killed a king yet? I'm probably just, not. I think asking. that's something that I don't know why it's called that. It's probably like alluded that he's done that at one point, and that's why everyone hates him now, and that's why he's not. Yeah, yeah, it has. has to... It does say that it's like, oh, he's killed kings. He's he's he, it said. Oh, don't say the series I name. Can't... It's spoilers. <laughs> um, spoil it. but there's there's a bit where it's constantly talking about him in like the narration when people are like yeah. oh he's that guy they're all like oh he the king seduced killer yeah. women he seduced women and killed kings and it was accepted into the university at a young age mm. it's, it's the worst thing and it's it's just terrible hey, if you want to constantly. read about a guy who killed a king uh, <laughs> and <laughs> is now having to live with the consequences of that. May I suggest checking out Jamie Lannister? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to read A Song of Ice and Fire. Just read his chapters. Just think about Jamie Lannister. Hmm. Um, Yeah, just think about Jamie Lannister, (laughs) which I do uh, all the time. Imagine being fans of an unfinished um, fantasy book. (laughs) Yeah, it couldn't be I tweet, um, I tweet, I am Jamie Lannister, and I get three tweet, like I get three followers instantly, and I'm like, I'm never just follow you because you're Jamie Lannister, and you don't even need to prove it. All right, let's start the podcast. Okay, I yeah. think we have twenty minutes yeah. of cold okay. open. Okay, that was good. Yeah. Okay, um, all right. He's working at the pyramid tonight. Nobody knows how they build it. It's still secret. 4,500 years ago. Well-preserved tombs near the pyramids. It took about 2 million stones to build that pyramid. 2 million stones. Pyramids took about 20 to 30 years to make. It's a long time, but if you think about the number of stones, a couple million stones in every pyramid, think about stones. Hello and welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld book reread podcast hosted by four horny jocks who will fuck anything at any time. Um, I am your host, Speak for Charlotte. Yourself. I'm your host, Lucy. I'm your host, Janosh. I'm your host, George. Now, guys, let's get into it. <laughs> let's turn our horny jock minds. <laughs> let's flip on the horny switch and let's uh, talk yeah, about religion. I've been like... Keeping my load inside all day. <laughs> yeah, well, we were talking about instant gratification before with Pat Rothfuss, yeah. but what this is, is this, this is the delayed gratification. This is the edging. This is edging. Yeah. 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 This is prom night. You've been edging the whole we're, semester. Look, we're close <laughs> to the edge. Like Prince Wind. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> This is a good podcast. Uh, today and we've we... started on the we've started with the bad energy. <laughs> <laughs> the the no, energy they, hasn't just the number one thing that makes podcasts good is the hosts need to assure the listeners all the time that this is a good podcast. Actually, that's, that's how yes. you know. Ty, Tywin Lannister would say that a bad king has to tell you uh, that he's a king. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ty- but Tywin Rans- Lannister podcast. is famously always right. Yeah, so if you're a good king, actually, you do have to keep telling people that you're a good king. Um, and if you're a podcaster who's good, you have to tell people you're a good podcast yeah, we all the time. We wouldn't be saying it was good if it wasn't. Yeah, do yeah, you think we'd we, lie? When we lie to you, your ho- the hosts of your favorite podcast, would we lie to you? <laughs> I have never lied to my listeners. I probably have. We you literally have, have a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> 
Is that Charlotte? Did you steal that format from the uh, the unbelievable truth? I think Evan stole uh, that format. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, Evan stole it from the unbelievable. He truth. did admit said, later okay. that he just stole it from like two radio shows or uh, or panel shows. A Radio Four panel show with uh, David Mitchell yeah. as the, the host. Yeah, that one. But ours mm-hmm. is better um, because I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're you're not on Monday nights. Yeah, and it's balanced, but it's balanced out by me being also on it. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's like not quite not quite perfect. Um. Today, this week, we have read the first book of Pyramids by Mr. Terry Pratchett, whom you may have heard of Pyramids. if you're listening to this. Pyramids. This is less fun, like, because with other books, like with Equal Rights, you could just say the title and it's fun. Equal Rights or Guards, Guards. <laughs> Pyramids, Pyramids is like, it gets off on such a bad start by starting with a p- Starting with the popping sound, it's just you need to like take a break while saying something if you want to start a word with a P. I won't hear a I word against labial plosives. Yeah, exactly. Pyramids. <laughs> I'm I'm sad that this Pyramids. title doesn't have an exclamation mark. I feel like it ought. To. Oh my god! <laughs> it Pyramids should have for two it. two exclamation marks after pyramids. <laughs> I I think I think Pyramids it will make it even disco. better. <laughs> yeah. Pyramids the Stallion. What if it was What if it was Pyramids Pyramids? <laughs> what if it was Pyramids? <laughs> Question I would like that. The this book's about pyramids? Shit, there's pyramids in this? Um Okay. It should be um, like a number in the title, right? Well like Leet. If it was pyramids but the I was replaced with a, like a one. Yeah, and the A um, with a four. So cool Pier four M one DS. Yeah. Just <laughs> like just like Homestuck. Yeah. Um <laughs> This is the Homestuck of Terry Pratchett books. You heard it here for folks. Hmm. <laughs> Terry Pratchett loved Homestuck, canonically. Yeah. Um No, these are lies. <laughs> if it had pyramids and then pyramids was crossed out and it had Eric written over the top of it in the sort of school, <laughs> that would be very good. <laughs> Pyramid Crosser says Tepic. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tepic. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Okay. Um, do we have any Tepic like, is Vriska. Okay. Stuff. Okay. Uh, Tepic yeah. Is I have like a one one Goodreads thing because the thing is the the reviews mm. after a while kind of just start sounding the same. But I will hit you with the I will hit you with the only one I I like saved. Yes. So this this book has a three point nine one. Oh. And a four. So that's a sort of. Yeah, mm, that's like that's... worse than some Bella Forest books. So <laughs> it is. Damn, um, yeah, there could be no flaws in their methodology of rating it. <laughs> yeah. Either. Oh God, no! It's just I mean, a bit better is, than but... Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Bella Forest books are very good. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, this review caught my eye because it goes like this: Discworld Seven, the story of how. Terek becomes an assassin and then is forced into his inheritance to become the pharaoh of a small penniless country engrossed in building a monumental pyramid to honour his dead dad. British Science Fiction Award winner, 1989. Still finding it really hard to see what's so great about this famous and mass-selling series. Three out of twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of twelve? Okay. Yeah, well, it's... Because that sounded familiar to me and I was like, didn't we already... Oh, I've just spotted the biggest fucking spider. Oh my god. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Ah! Ah! Okay. <laughs> this is content. Lucy, you okay? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's coming for her. Okay. Oh, Tell me more about the spider. Please describe it. It's really fucking big. 
Throw raisins at it, and it will be think they're flies and run away. I'm so endeared by the spider. I love spiders. A fifth co-host, anyone? <laughs> or, or maybe replace Lucy. <laughs> I mean, if, if it gets any closer, I'm worried it eats might. Lucy. <laughs> Bring our new, our new co-host in, Shelob. What have you got to say for yourself? Because <laughs> we're doing the host introductions, and one of them is just... <laughs> or whatever sound spiders make. Yeah. Oh, it's enormous. I'm sorry, I have to... Oh, okay, I have to calm down. Yeah, can, do you want to, you need to deal with it? Do you want to put I, like a There's absolutely no way I can deal with it. If you kill it, I'm le- I'm leaving this podcast I'm not, immediately. I'm not, not going to kill it, but I'm not just I'm just not going to go near it anyway. Okay, so so yeah, no, I'll, I'll oh, I'm really trying. I'm I'm staring at it. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> I, it's so big. Ah, uh, can you okay. take a picture? It's not even no, because you're going to laugh at me because it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a house spider? Or it, a I, daddy no, it's a house spider. Oh fuck. Okay, they they are pretty. I can't, can't deal with house spiders. They're pretty scrattly looking. Ah, uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get him on mic to give us his opinions <laughs> on my pyramids? I mean, it's quite big, so it's more likely to be a, a lady spider, right? Okay. Look yeah, at yeah. So. Look at the petty palps. You can usually tell by how inflated yeah, they are. Yeah, I'll get the, that the, close. The petty palps. <laughs> well, I don't, we, what's a petty palp? We stand a girl boss, so. Oh. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, he's pretty creepy. Happy Halloween. <laughs> That's definitely a spider you got there, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm, if I look at it, I'm not going to be... Oh, move! Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to, like... <laughs> I, I can't deal with it. I can't get near it. I'm, like, scared to move. I'm, I'm still moving! Are you still able to okay, podcast? It's, it's, yeah, it's crept it's crept outside my field of vision now, so I'm just gonna Okay, move then on. it's good. If you know, if you can't see it, it's practically not in your room anymore. I'm I'm sweating. I'm keeping like most of this in. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna carry on talking about this review and I'm gonna try and not think about it. Okay. Um, okay. This review got this review caught my eye because the three of t- three out of twelve thing, which I thought was super random, and then I realised that when we were doing Weird Sisters, mm-hmm. um, there was another review that I read that also gave that one three out of twelve, and I was like, curious. That's too specific, and it's the same person. Um, and they appear to have read about twelve of the Discworld books and didn't like a single one. And I just have to. I think if you don't enjoy ten books in a series, <laughs> I you know yeah. leave it there. Yeah, they're really trying. Yeah, but ugh, yeah, that's that's the uh, only one I had. Okay, I'm uh, looking at I'm looking at Amazon reviews, and there's some good ones uh, that I will just quickly shout out. So here's one by um, I'm not gonna say their name. This is from the United Kingdom, uh, mm-hmm. and cancel. It's titled Language. Ooh. Oh. The excessive use of semi-technical language in some parts of the book pretending to uh, pretending of offer logical explanations for certain situations was not helpful in letting the story flow. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. You're not gonna like <laughs> I've not noticed then. that so far. Are they talking about just Terry Pratchett style narration where he makes jokes because <laughs> But this is not Moby Dick. <laughs> That's the point. Uh-huh. This is not Les Miserables. Yeah. This is 
semi-technical language. Fu- funny jokes. And then there's this one from... Uh, this one's from Italy. Ah. Buongiorno. <laughs> Buonanotte. Uh, andiamo. Not that ore to all Italian listeners. Molto so, bene. So Italy says logic thread zero. Inconsistent telling. Funny? I don't know. <laughs> Great logic. Bastard was the only can- character I appreciated. Pratchett has written better books. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> who the fuck is. Logic thread zero. Logic. <laughs> Zero. They're on a fucking <laughs> space turtle flying through space. <laughs> you want logic? Done. They're talking about like gods and shit, but like everyone knows that like, God isn't real. So. Yeah. Logic. <laughs> logic zero. zero. I'm there. pressing my cinema sins button. Ding. 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 You see, I do need a soundboard so I can just do like a cinema sins ding whenever we say anything. Oh my god. Yeah, but you have to use, like, us doing a shitty impression of him. This scene does not contain a lap dance. Ding. Ding. (laughs) Okay, so, should we talk about the book pyramid? Yes. Yes. Do you want to do a summary? Yeah, there's not a lot. Like, we we got through the first book, but it's not a huge amount to recap, really. There is a guy, and his name is Tapic. And he is the heir to the throne of a small kingdom called Jelly Baby with a D, um, which is sort of funny, kind of Egypt, kind of funny, not like not massively, but like kind of. Um, they have pyramids. They have pyramids, and they've got loads of gods, and they've got some of that sort of stuff. Um, and he is in Angmore Pook learning to become an assassin, which is kind of like a boy's private school um except it's to kill people it's just like harry potter yeah it's, it's like very english boarding school i can't believe he like, stole the idea of houses of schoolhouses from harry potter <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was and harry potter and not something we weirdly do yeah not yeah, something we were actually in and when we were in British school, school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, despite being in normal schools I was in... My house was larks. All our houses were named after groups of birds. Mm. I hated those motherfucking geese. <laughs> the Hufflepuff my, of my school. <laughs> my secondary school was too big to have houses, so we just had forms. Um, but in primary school, I was in Usk. I only had it in my middle school when I was in, uh, I think, Egerton. Who's that? Egerton. It's a hill fort. Oh. <laughs> I, I cool. should know that as an archaeologist. Well, we can't know there's, every there's, no, there's hundreds. Can you just give me another take of you saying that you uh, hated that other house? <laughs> I hated those motherfucking geese, the Hufflepuff of my school. Geese? Was that, was that what, good? was Nigel in there? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, so he's in assassin assassin finishing school because he's, he's in Slytherin his, house. <laughs> yeah, because his dad his um his dad promised his mum his dad is the king of this kingdom um that he would get educated outside the kingdom because the kingdom's a bit weird and it's very stuck and it doesn't change a lot over time and she's like he's got to go somewhere more normal to to learn to be a man. 
So he's in this place and he's taking his final exam to become an assassin and it's it's cool. You They do like a bunch of questions and there's like an instructor and at one point he falls off a building because um, the instructor's taken away a plank that he thought would be there and he has some like cinema cinematic flashbacks to like arriving in assassin school um, and meeting his friends and like learning stuff while he was there, which is very funny because it like flashes backwards and forwards. Meanwhile, his dad, who's a bit loopy, sort of panics because he as like I guess Pharaoh um, but they say king in this uh, he is obviously partially divine and it's his role to make the sun come up and he has panic attacks thinking about what happens if the sun doesn't come up Um, and one day it's cloudy and he panics and jumps out a window um, and sort of thinks he's a seagull Um, and he dies (laughs) so now he's dead and his body is being Um, and his body is now being prepared to be mummified so it's having the organs taken out and everything Um, Mm. but he is sort of lingering on as like a spirit um, because well I guess we don't really know why at this point Um, meanwhile the high priest who's called Dios is uh, preparing for the new king to come because he's very 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 old and he just knows how this works at this point. He's like, oh, the, the new king will, he'll know. And so we go back to Tepic, who successfully completes this assassin exam, but sort of by accident, because he doesn't actually want to kill people. Um, but the crossbow bolt, he shoots, hits a nail, and then hits the dummy that he thought might be a body. He and his friends go out drinking and nearly get robbed, but a scary seagull comes and Tepic temporarily understands the entirety of the world's knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a normal thing you can do mm-hmm. yeah and um, he snaps out of it after a bit but he is suddenly aware that his father is dead and he's the new king and he has to go home and also he knows that his friend whose family's in commerce uh, has a very fast ship that he can get home in and he <laughs> sort of remembers knowing a bunch of stuff but doesn't really understand why and at one point while he's in this state like um, plants start sprouting around his feet and things start growing. So, yeah, and then he heads home to become the new king of Jelly Baby. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a bunch of pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and they like, they, like, throw up sort of ghostly streamers into the sky, mm-hmm. which we don't really understand yet. But it also, I think, it's supposed to kind of resemble the pyramid in Las Vegas. I can't tell, but... It's meant to represent the uh, base pro pyramid. The what? What? Do you What's not, base pro? Do you not? Do you know about this shop? So this is my favorite American building. It's this the traditional architecture which we must go back to. <laughs> so this is the Mem- It's called the Memphis Pyramid. It is initially known as the Great American Pyramid, formerly referred to as the Pyramid Arena, and locally referred to as the Pyramid, the Tomb of Doom, and the Base Pro Shops Pyramid. Uh, base Pro is like a fishing <laughs> brand. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like it's like a store, but it's this uh, it's this giant it's this giant pyramid, you know. Wait, isn't I thought that was um, the one in uh, um, Las Vegas? Yeah, the one I put is the one in Las. The one oh, I oh yeah, I is this. <laughs> is this I, I think I've I've heard of this one. Yeah, or mm-hmm. seen this. Well, yeah, and I used to think America has no culture. It does. You build a big pyramid. <laughs> This is culture. <laughs> this is culture. It, anyway, no, this, this is what that book's referencing. This is what the pyramid that the... 
Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, the one in Las Vegas has a light that you can see from space, apparently. Okay, so this um, one... Hell yeah. Which? This was apparently built in 1991. So it might have been... Hmm. Yeah, it was... Let me see. It was conceived in the 50s already. Okay. Uh, the groundbreaking <laughs> ceremony was held in 1989. So yeah, it makes sense okay. for the timeline that it was probably just in the news when Terry wrote this book because yeah. this came out in 1989. Oh my god, I mean, I was kidding, but this is so good if true. <laughs> Hilarious if, if correct. Um, I love also the yeah. idea that they were like, yes, we conceived of the idea of building a pyramid in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> in the 50s, we were like, what if... <laughs> We had just a big pyramid. Yeah, it says... The Great American Pyramid was conceived originally by Max C. Hartz, a Memphis artist, in about 1954. The project originally included three pyramids located on the south bluffs of Memphis overlooking the Mississippi River. The largest of the three would have been scaled at two-thirds the side of, size of the Great Pyramid of Giza near Memphis, Egypt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you want to be like the better Memphis, yeah. you know? <laughs> the better Memphis. The flanking structures would have uh, been scaled two thirds the size of the main pyramid. Okay. It's a shame that they didn't continue building them um, because I reckon, you know, Taylor Swift went to the city and saw the pyramid and she's like, well, there goes uh-huh. the last great American pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> I don't get. I don't. I don't so yeah, and then it no, says it the project lang- languished for three decades until Mark's younger son, Memphis and John Brent Hartz, resurrected the concept. Mark Hartz, who was well known for architectural renderings, rendered a new bronze glass glazed pyramid. After years of negotiations, the younger Hartz's concept was adopted by entrepreneur John T. Gret as a symbol for the city of Memphis. John T. Damn, John T's I love a American name. culture. Never yeah. trusted Jaunty. I never will. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so, anyway. Fun little tangent. Um, so, I think I think Tepic might be kind of hot. <laughs> Tepic. You think he's a little little sexy? Tepic's kinda... nice with it. <laughs> yeah, Tepic looking kind of nice in his black silks and, and velvet. Hmm. Uh, rough silk and velvet, it says. No satins or leathers, nothing that's shiny mm-hmm. or squeaky. But surprisingly, mm-hmm. juicy-ass cheeks. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and you don't want the sound of your ass cheeks <laughs> clapping to alert the guards. <laughs> you have to strap them down. Um, you got you got to, like, really rein them in. Yeah, so, what do we think of this I like, part of the book? I like it. I like this book. I think it's pretty, it's pretty epic. Tepic's epic. I think I'm going to kidnap Hideo Kojima and force him to produce a Metal Gear Solid style game, <laughs> but with uh, Ankh Morpork Assassin's Guild. <laughs> That's good. It would be completely wrong, and I think it would be great. I would love Kojima tackle this world. <laughs> that would be I so funny. I think like, a video game that starts in the Assassin's Guild would be pretty good, actually. Yeah, pretty good. Is. Bring back Discworld video, video games. Uh, and don't, Assassins are cool. Don't base them on the Watch TV show, but just, you know, just make a fucking... Actually, make a fucking Disco Elysium style. Uh, I, I want... Actually, I want the people who made Disco Elysium to make a, a Sam Vimes detective game. <laughs> they do it pretty well, you don't, you don't want the people yeah. who do the Nancy Drew... Uh, 
Or that. <laughs> no, but like that already exists, right? Like there already yeah, is uh, this world Noir, which is a point and click detective game, completely f- new, yeah. made up story, and characters are just mm. set in like more work. So if we could get that, but like for the modern day, you know, like you know, being like an actual good game. Yeah, like where you can press F to pay respects. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Mm-hmm. I'd like to um, have a Discworld game that's like a dating simulator. Okay. Where I get to good. date Nanny we- uh, Granny Weatherwax. <laughs> <laughs> um, or Nanny Og. It's one of those, you know, there's a, uh-huh. a whole cast of Would you of date Sybil? Yeah. Or would that be also like... Kinda... Hmm. What if Nanny Og dated Granny Weatherwax? Would that be hot they probably, or what? <laughs> they probably did at one point. I'm just, I'm just putting this out there as a, as a ship I had not considered properly I think up till the. Water. We're gonna have to look into this, but I think there's got to be like young Esmond Githa. Yeah. Fix nanny granny, there. like granny thought it was like serious, and obviously yeah. nanny is like very casual and so this kind of hurt granny and that's why she never had another relationship <laughs> Ooh. and it's why she's kind of mad at uh nanny og for you know having loads yeah. of kids yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. getting with other people yeah, this, is, this is the subtext Ooh. behind that sort of upset thing that's kind of juicy yeah. we're gonna have to keep that in mind when we get back to the witches books uh, but we're not talking yeah. about the witches we're talking about pyramids um, I was gonna say, so this is a, this is the first for this podcast, and it's also gonna take a while until we get another one that's like this. But this is the first uh, book we read for this podcast where uh, I haven't read it ever before. For some reason, mm-hmm. I skipped this one. I don't know. I was just reading through all the Discworld books, and this was like this isn't connected to any of the this isn't any connected to any of the main series, you know. So I was like, probably I can probably skip it. So I never read it, uh, and I have read the following like ten books or so that we're gonna talk about. There's gonna be some some of the later books that I still haven't read, but. Mm. But this is a nice position for me because once we get past Guards Guards, I'm yeah. not going to have read any of them. So this is like the one time where <laughs> I have a time. leg up on you. <laughs> the one time where you can just say spoilers at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally it's the other way around, but now I hold the power. Uh-huh. <laughs> How does it feel, Lacey? Do oh, you feel powerful? I'm vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did what did you think, Yanosh, uh, having not read this? Pretty before? good. I liked it. Where do you think it's, it's going? Just, you know, it's just cool to get to a Discworld book I haven't read. Like, mm. I haven't yeah. had that feeling mm. in a while. Especially after mm. Little Peek Behind the Curtains just having finished Dark Light for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh-huh. nice to read something good. <laughs> yeah. Like dark light. Um, <laughs> uh, dark light. Seven out of twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think this is this is one of the ones. I mean, we've already had some of it with Weird Sisters, mm-hmm. where it touches on sort of Terry Pratchett style serious topics, but like not in like a mawkish or or an awkward way. It's just sort of it likes to he likes to have themes. 
Uh-huh. I think you can sort of feel the themes coming through at the beginning of this book in a way that's really interesting. Yeah. And so there's a lot of jokes, but it also there's like an undercurrent of seriousness and like of interesting story that I think is pretty Yeah, good. it's nice because mm-hmm. like it yeah. I do feel like it started at Weird Sisters probably, maybe a little bit in Mort. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nice that it keeps up and like I know the later book so I know that it's going to be a thing. Uh, where he just mm. like gets some, you know, things he actually cares about uh, that are actual yeah. topics that he discusses through this lens of comedy fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was I was glad that it's that. Um, we can talk about some of those themes in a bit. I was just gonna also say it's nice to have, especially since I have read like most of the Discord books. It's nice that I finally get like a look into what the Assassin's Guild school works like like how you get into the guild and how that like that's you know this is the most we got about one of one of the guilds just in Mm -hmm. general like we're gonna get more assassin's guild stuff later but uh, so far like we just got the bit bit of a peek into the fool's guild in the previous one but this is like much more extensive yeah yeah Mm. And also this type of this type of like like the flashbacks to them being at school is also like so unusual for Terry Pratchett's style. Like this is this is I I guess something that isn't really there until like we had a bit of it in Equal Rights, and then we'll get more of it with Tiffany. But like this, you know, child characters learning about things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Is, yeah, it's a nice change because otherwise we always have the you know adult characters who are already you know fully formed. Yeah, or whatever. and it's also it's also another one of his dips into like British genre fiction, but with a twist. So he's doing that yeah. sort of boys boarding school, very British, yeah, private school. Everyone's kind of dickish, but they're like you know they're just young lads, and all the masters are like mean or have their own like weird foibles that everyone knows about and um you all sleep on uncomfortable beds because you're rich and that's what happens Uh when you're rich and british is you have to be uncomfortable but it's nice Um, like i was saying i was saying the the harry potter thing as a joke but like i wouldn't have minded to have like a full you know boarding school at a weird school novel which i realized there's an anime called yeah. assassination classroom which is probably this <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's i don't know how much of a thing it is in other countries but like as charlotte says boarding schools are like a huge thing in sort of mostly quite old now british literature um both sort of boys and girls boarding boarding schools like um, they have a lot of cultural power because that was how most of the elite were brought up. It still and is. Yeah. It's also hard to <laughs> emphasize how fucked they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one guy we knew from archaeology who talked about uh, him going to a boarding school and he talked about oh. him and his mates waterboarding each other for fun. What? So, mm. An actual torture practice. Yeah, uh, he went to the one yeah. near me. That was where Alan Turing went. Sherburn, as they call it. Sherborne, as the locals call it. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, God. Yes, <laughs> Alan, Alan Turing was had a horrible time there, being horribly bullied. Damn. As yeah. did, I'm sure, many other kids. <laughs> yeah. 
I used to know a girl who went to Cheltenham Ladies College and she was really Ooh. weird. Um, <laughs> My dad. I don't know, like, I knew two people from Eton Ooh. when I was in Durham. Yuck. Um, normal, normal people. Imagine going to um, Eton and you still still can't get into Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go to Eton and then you end up at Durham and I'm there and we're like, hello. Yeah. Touching across across the, the uh-huh. room and I'm like, you are just like me. You went to a fancy school and yet you ended up in the exact same place. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Your parents paid uh, over 10 grand a term for you to get the same education as me. <laughs> How does it feel, British boy? How does that feel? Um, there's definitely like this romanticization in a lot of um, literature that's very much like, oh, you get to go to... It's normally they go to a boarding school and they're sort of picked on but they're a they like have one friend who's like their special friend and then that's sort of like you know they solve a mystery or there's some sort of adventure there's a play or something Um, yeah i read all of like mallory towers books and then really wanted to go to boarding school my parents were like no (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what happens you're like damn i want to go to boarding school in the 50s It was a it's a machine for producing brutal colonial admin, administrators. It'll happily massacre a thousand brown people to keep them off the streets, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yes, well, yeah, that's it. That is what it is. Mm. Um, there was a few times in this beginning of this where there is suggestion. I don't know, <laughs> a lot of no- nonce content. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, there was. <laughs> which, which is also is a very British. Also thing. true of boarding schools. Yeah. Which bit specifically? Because I, I probably caught it, but I don't think I've got that in my highlights. Um, uh, I don't know. It's like there's, there's one bit where he's like, "Don't go have tea with oh, this guy." Yeah, yeah. And his uh, one of his, his instructors, tutor. yeah, who wanted to instruct him in pseudopolitan athletic techniques, which is making an ancient Greek, Greek gay joke. Joke. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they they were quite, but also. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. we're also and then he hits him with a hat stand. People need to look after this child. <laughs> Just yeah, so um, we get yeah. the classic Terry Pratchett characters that we we all know and love, and will you know <laughs> meet again in many future books. <laughs> uh, so we get uh-huh. Tepic, and we have love him. Arthur <laughs> and Cheese and Right. right who who is oh, uh, doing yeah, F in the chat for probably. Cheese Right. F in the chat for Cheese Right. <laughs> <laughs> we hardly knew you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Chitter, yeah. Chitter is a classic character in the same way that Nigel is a classic character. Mm-hmm. Chitter sounds kind of like a verb. <laughs> Chitter. Chitter. He calls him Chitty in a flashback as well. He's like, his name is Chitter, but he's shortened it to Chitty, which isn't Chitter. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> posh people. That is posh people. <laughs> Uh, there's also we get um, introduced to some themes um, in this segment as well, which is um, one of the boys, Arthur, before bed he has to go say his prayers, which involves bringing in a goat, writing some dire sigils <laughs> on the floor, and then trying to sacrifice a goat before bed. <laughs> that is an incredibly good joke. Yeah. <laughs> to the to the great god Orm. And he gets made fun of by the other boys and they're like, no, it's it's cool and manly to say your prayers before bed. <laughs> the prayer is sa- like animal sacrifice. It's pretty cool and manly to say your prayers before uh, going to bed, I will say that. Yeah, I especially the, if those uh, prayers fucking... involve slaughtering a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just... 
mean, that's just how they do it. There's nothing wrong with that. I was gonna say, it's pretty I would cool like and to manly. The, like buff man sitting on tiny with tiny laptops meme, and it's like uh, you know, <laughs> one guy right, you know, the, the small guy writing in. I, I'm, I say my prayers every time before I go to bed, but. Uh, all my fellow posh boarding school kids make fun of me uh, <laughs> uh is, is it lame and then they all say no king uh saying your prayers before you're for bed is the bravest manliest thing you can do and then the next one adds uh i, I might add to what the um what my friend here said that uh you know, you're going to get bullied a lot in school for different things, but you need to stand up for, you need to stand by for what you think is right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that is slaughtering a goat sometimes, so. Yeah. yeah. The other boys, because he follows the god Orm, apparently, of which there are two um, believers currently, which is him and mm. his mother. Um, so we can only assume that Orm is a small god. That's a, that's a Yeah, I wonder if that's ever going to come right back. ahead. <laughs> a, a god with no believers what would that be like um <laughs> it does feel like honestly it does feel like terry was writing this and making himself a note maybe i should examine this further <laughs> he does that he that is just how he writes yeah. you're always when you're going through it you're like okay this comes back later and he's like i will expand on this <laughs> um but yeah so the other the other boys are like oh shit we can do religion so one of them um shyly puts another boy in a cage and tries to set it on fire <laughs> as part of a religious right and then the other one like does like paints himself green and tries to like get someone to allow him to wrap their entrails around a tree oh, that's um, until the that's classic the masters the masters say that sometimes you can have too much religion and you all need to calm down a bit confirmed church of england oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really good is it is it um cool and manly to smear yourself with um flying ointment made from rendered baby fat and dance around a fire with your sisters on a moonlit coven it's extremely Listen, cool if that's that. what you believe mm. then yeah. yeah that's so sexy you know to to me <laughs> i think it, it's it's not like what you do or what you look like that makes someone sexy it's uh it's standing by your beliefs however fucking dumb they are (laughs) (laughs) it's the exact kind of oil you used to smidge over yourself in the right i'm trying to court the wiccans remember yana (laughs) we need the wiccan listenership to grow ah ah what's up my gerald gardner heads how about some pseudo-historical religion? George, you're the only one of us who doesn't listen to the very good podcast, The Freaking Cast, who are unfortunately our enemies because they sometimes steal our bits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they do it's talk in early that. episodes about how, like, J.K. Rowling and, like, early documentaries around Harry Potter always said that every religion is allowed in Hogwarts except Wicca. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Yes. She really hates uh, weekends. It's really what? funny that she said that because the idea of people at a wizard school burning a Wiccan at the stake. <laughs> 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 really good. So funny. Probably one of the questions you don't want to address in Harry Potter is like the questions of religion. 
Well, like, she yeah. did. Do... You're only going to go down un- uncomfortable roads like that. But yeah, she does. She, she did... does that with everything. She did that with that uh, one time somebody asked, hey, are there any Jewish students at Hogwarts? And she was like, yes, Anthony Goldstein, oh, uh-huh. fourth year Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh Asian student. You put him in the smart cunning house, did you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got, oh no, Jesus. <laughs> yes, his, the, the, our Jewish student, Mr. Shekels or something <laughs> fucking come on george do you remember what the one asian character's name was like the one uh, east asian character cho chang <laughs> george do you remember what I the like every time indian characters were they indians yes the, the yeah. patels <laughs> yeah but like the point with uh, wicca being forbidden in hogwarts is kind of like how jk rowling feels like like her you know the way she um she explains this is that that's insulting to wicca is insulting to wizards because uh it's (laughs) pretending that uh uh, witchcraft works differently and it's like all those rituals but they're actually like there actually are like real witches in hogwarts so why can't they be both yeah well exactly but also like if you want to talk about um how rituals that are meant to be magical but aren't actually magical in the world of Harry Potter are wrong. Um, what? What? I wonder what her thoughts on like voodoo are. She don't care. Mm, probably not good. No, she just. It's just such a backwards logic because she mm-hmm. pretends that she came up with all like all this magic stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no, <laughs> all the other like conceptions of magic that have ex- existed before are now retroactively made like uh, turned into fake yeah. beliefs. I but just... it is, it's an explicitly Christian story, so it's like, mm, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just enjoy thinking about how she apparently doesn't know where Bulgaria is. <laughs> she thinks Bulgaria is like the Nord Cap of Norway or something. It's uh-huh. just full of ice. It's like, no, it's, it's, quite, it's quite warm. <laughs> Cold in the winter, but like... <laughs> so it's everywhere, really. Bulgaria. Yeah. Uh, Bulgaria is russia um, yeah yeah they're all the same they're eastern and foreign. <laughs> it's all the same it's just in the it's in the other place they're all like da i want there. vodka I'm from bulgaria <laughs> I, I you heard it here folks <laughs> bulgaria My name vladimir vladimir <laughs> bulgaria the ukraine uh fucking white russia belarus uh, belarus uh all i'm hearing is the word russia these yeah days. you're it's, just saying it's russia all just russia again. baby it's all the same thing <laughs> yeah. hey jk rowling are there any russian Asia. students at hogwarts yes here is vladimir vodka <laughs> <laughs> six year slytherin student <laughs> yeah she's right because he's russian so he's yeah cute. exactly yeah and yeah. just, just like all the Bulgarians are basically Slytherins because they're mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she really was like, so, what if, what if, what if, what if Farron has evil? <laughs> what if, what if French people are all sexy women? To <laughs> <laughs> be fair, that's a true story. That is true. But... That is true. French people are quite good. <laughs> but it is like yeah. the the fucking the villas are like sexy, but then they're also evil for being sexy and seducing the good men of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all hot yeah. women who are evil. even Fleur's um, even Fleur's ten year old sister, who's uh, meant to be pretty oh hot God, in yeah. the last book. 
Uh, oh, I forgot about that. I, I um, what? <laughs> um, Ginny's like really jealous that Fleur's child sister is flirting with Harry, and she's like, "Ugh, I bet you prefer Gabrielle." Who's she's like eleven. <laughs> hey, Harry, I bet you're a nonce. <laughs> Ginny is a nonce. <laughs> hey, Harry, that that child who just hugged you—I would, but don't don't even think about oh. it. That, let's talk about pyramids. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get too caught up. Oh, oh my god. Um, yeah, so lots of fun bits with religion and boarding school. Um, also, what do we think of what we've seen of um, Jelly Baby? Not Egypt. Yeah. I don't know, it I can seems... take it or leave it. <laughs> I, it seems like a cool place for a holiday. You know, but I probably wouldn't want to yeah. stick around. It seems like sticking around might do some stuff to you. Um, yeah, we haven't got like a huge amount of information yet. Thank you. Maybe that's mm. why I like this first part because it was mostly Ankh Morpork based. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I like the rest. Who knows? Yeah, it's a lot of concubine stuff. <laughs> yeah, there will be some concubine stuff. Um, I do want to ask uh, Janos, what do you think about Dios, the head priest? What, what's his deal? What do you think his deal What's is? His What's deal? his deal? Dios mio. Dios mio. What's his deal, again, you're really welcome. Very subtle <laughs> name to call a priest Dios. It's good. God. <laughs> also, it's completely different it? language. Like, if you, you can... You're like fantasy well, Egypt yeah. and you do fantasy racist names for the <laughs> Egyptian characters and then you just name the head priest a Spanish word. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, I mean... It's good. Yeah. He's, you know, he's been around for a while. What's his deals? <laughs> What's his deals? <laughs> <laughs> um, seems kind of crusty. He seems like a crusty gentleman. Uh-huh. Mm. I did like the bit with um, Tepic's dad where he jumps out the window and then part of him, which is the god part, becomes like a seagull and flies away and then he dies. I think it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it is like in in the beginning when they have like the talk with Arthur and uh, I always want to call the other guy Dobba. I don't know. <laughs> Dobber from A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, Chidder, yeah. Dobber and Chidder, classic characters. Classic characters. <laughs> but yes. they have have that they're like religion talk there, and uh, Tepic is like, well, my god is just my dad. I, it's no use yeah. praying to him if he's not in the room and awake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he, he barely understands you when you're on the other yeah. side of the room, so he probably can't understand me. And then you. they talk about how, like, he his duty is to make the sun rise every morning and go down, you know. That's, mm-hmm. like, he what he's doing as a god. And then there's a the part where, like, the, right before he dies, he he thinks about how he used to have these nightmares that he wakes up because he doesn't know what he's doing like the sun seems to get up fine on its own yeah the king racist name just uh wakes up every morning or at noon or whenever and the sun is already shining but he has these nightmares that um that he wakes up and there's a mob 
outside because the sun didn't rise up and he wouldn't know what he did wrong because he didn't do anything up to this point and the sun worked fine so if if there was an angry mob because the sun this day didn't decide to you know go across the sky then he wouldn't yeah. know what to do mm-hmm. you could say he's having a crisis of faith but in himself yeah. as a god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like up to this point I, I i really thought that this religion thing is just you know god is fake <laughs> yeah because... it's not <laughs> Yeah, and it's not. But then, then he like dies because he, uh, he gets really scared that it's dark out, that he doesn't see the sun, so he just wants he he flies up, and then he sees mm-hmm. that there was just a cloud before of it, and he feels really stupid about it. But at this point, he already died because he just his body just fell down, <laughs> which I thought was good. But what then the apparently there is still a god aspect of him that was there like he didn't just hallucinate apparently Mm -hmm. because it turned into a sea god that landed on Tepic's hand and made him grow grass under his feet Mm -hmm. this book has some really epic moments in it I won't lie yeah it does that's some great bits (laughs) I want to turn bread back into wheat like growing wheat Why? It's not very useful. Waste <laughs> of bread, but, but it'll be cool, like, once or twice. Yeah, good party trick. This is, um, I think Terry Pratchett really likes this sort of way of showing holiness in people as, like, a sort of thing, which is when, when they walk, um, plants sprout around them, which, is that a Jesus thing? I, I don't know. I think it, seems like a, I think it seems like an age-old thing. Yeah, like a fertility I thing. think in this, it's more to do with, like, the fact that he is a pharaoh, so it is a the pharaoh is directly responsible yeah. for the fertility of the land. Maybe, mm. but the, yeah. just walking across land and grass grows under your feet is like such a classic visual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does it again in Wintersmith as well, yeah. which yeah. is one of the um, books I haven't read. <laughs> but like, even outside of Terry <laughs> Pratchett, I feel like I feel like it's something I have seen in like a million things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's yeah, always it's always is. super fucking cool. Yeah, is the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, like damn, damn. I wish I could do the that. Power. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like I wish I was a fertility god. You know, <laughs> it's it's actually reminds me of Giorno Giovanna from Giorgio's Bizarre Adventure Part Five, whose standability it is that he can give things, he can give lifeless things life. That's quite a strong really power. Good. It's pretty strong. Like genuinely, uh, Araki really struggles with not making him OP, which he doesn't with every JoJo part. Like there's always gonna be characters whose power is so fucking strong that he either has to, like in part four, there's a character who has such a strong fucking power that he just decides to make him an absolute dumbass who always forgets to use his power. Nice. <laughs> That's and good. Other times he just like decides that this isn't actually his power or just forgets about it. It's great. I love JoJo. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, you're really selling um, it. When, when the king is being um, prepared to be a mummy, he sort of he's aware of it because his spirit is still hanging around, and he starts having more crisis of faith moments. Because um, he's like, "Damn, why do we get put in a big pyramid? Why? Why am I being? Oh yeah, that, that's a cool part. my organs taken out. I, I love that he's like, uh, all my life this seemed perfectly logical, but now that I'm dead, I'm starting to get worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's like, why do we spend all our money? Because, like, this is something Tepic talks about earlier, which is that they spend all their money putting, like, funeral goods inside the pyramids. And so the kingdom is always in, like, massive amounts of debt because they don't really produce much. Um, but they give it all to the dead, which is, yeah, which is part of the, the book as we go on, is this sort of obsession with the dead over the living, which is actually is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, although there was um obviously this isn't real Egypt. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Because uh that we can tell because um they say that his heart is in Canopic Jar three, whereas in um in Egypt they wouldn't take the heart out of the body. The heart would be the organ that you leave inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. can't be racist, okay. right? Like if if it's if they actually take out the heart, then it's clearly not Egypt, so this is entirely unproblematic. <laughs> It's unproblematic. Yeah. What were you gonna say, George? I'm gonna say, imagine living in a small, uh, a small, slightly d- forgotten kingdom. Uh-huh. I'm um, imagining it. Where, where, um, where the wealth of the kingdom is uh, extracted by the elite uh, for the memory, uh, like ostensibly in the name of a, of a mythologized, okay. forgotten you're, great past. You're asking for a lot here to imagine. This, yeah, but you're describing on. this, but I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's nothing. Then. Literally, can't imagine. <laughs> it's, prob- it's probably um, nothing. I can't think that. It doesn't sound like anything. No. Um, there is some footnotes as well that I wanted to read, just because these were incredible to me, and I think every time I read them, I just think it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is about the Ankh-Morpork Bridge, where um, one of the two legends about the founding of Ankh-Morpork relates that two orphan brothers who built the city were in fact found and suckled by hippopotamus. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eight heraldic hippos line the bridge, facing out to sea. It is said that if danger ever threatens the city, they will run away. <laughs> I love this. He's just smashing every kind of origin story into one. Yeah, just yeah, like the other sentence, origin story just really is just good. Noah's Ark, but uh, Noah's Ark well, the other turned one is over. Great. It's the other legend, not normally recounted by citizens, is that in even earlier time, a group of wise men survived a flood sent by the gods by building a huge boat. Um... After some weeks, the combined manure of the animals on the boat was beginning to weigh the boat low in the water, and so, the story runs, they tipped it over the side and called it an- <laughs> <laughs> Such a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this comes back in other books. Like, I feel like he just tells this all the time. It's a good yeah, story. Um, yeah. I-, I really like reannual wine. Oh this. yeah, that also comes back. Yeah, but just like the idea that you have the hangover before you drink, and then he's like, on he wakes yeah. up for his like test, and he's like, I have a headache, damn. And then like obviously mm-hmm. they go out headache. drinking, and he's like, oh, this is why <laughs> I've been hungover all day. And this is like some real because uh-huh. uh, I don't. I, I think I said this in the first episode that uh, I got into Terry Pratchett because I was reading Hitchhiker's Guide and. Uh, they said at the back of the book, you might want to check out Terry Pratchett, the Douglas Adams of fantasy. <laughs> and I don't think that description is accurate, but I think reannual wine is like a real, is like a super Douglas Adamsian concept. Like mm. Hitchhiker's Guide is like full of like these details uh, in the world that are like basically like meant to be a head scratch or meant to be like. Um, like a paradox where if you think about it it's it's like it's like just a big you know impossibility but it's like still the fundamental rule of the world that it's that it it just works you know 
Mm-hmm. Like in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, where you've got the cows that want you to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, any any points? Mm. Oh, so in this book, he gets sorted into Viper House. Um, what do we think the other houses are called? Hawk. Mm. Scorpion. Knife? Yeah. Uh, okay. Scorpion, no. knife, viper. we got to have one more. Gun. <laughs> no, there's no guns. That's the point. There you go. No, I like um, gun. No. <laughs> Anachronism. Uh, yeah, guns only get uh, gun only gets invented in in many times, and everyone gone to you. Yeah. Okay. Um. It's n- Chitter House. Crossbow. <laughs> Crossbow. Okay. <laughs> Viper. We had Viper Scorpion um, Crossbow. Um, what was the other scorpion. one we said? Knife? Slithering. Knife. <laughs> Slithering. <laughs> yeah, the houses oh, are Viper, ne- Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. <laughs> and don't forget the, the fifth one, Saint Nance. <laughs> oh, do you think Tepic is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Actually, I um, don't like some... Uh, fuck. But I, I hate that Pottermore has become the thing how people get sorted into Harry Potter houses. Because it's just yeah, nothing. I liked it when it was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like and and it's not easy to do because you have to sign up or whatever. I I think it's not even Pottermore. It's now WizardingWorld dot com or whatever. Yeah, I, but I just I think want I like a BuzzFeed quiz that I can test. that I can click through or like a personality t- test that I can click like like a normal test that I can click through so we could determine what house what Harry Potter house topic would be. <laughs> oh, that would be. I mean, he's a Slytherin. He, I will say that according to the wiki, there is also Scorpion House, Tree Frog House, oh. Raven House, and Cobra House. Um, and also for girls, there's Black Widow and Mantis House. Ah, sexy, sexy creatures. <laughs> no, because I was going to say, you can't say uh, Tepe or, or House Viper is necessarily House Slytherin because, like, the entire concept of the Assassin's Guild is House Slytherin. Yeah, and also now we know that there are two houses called. Uh, called Viper and Cobra, so actually, that's like Slytherin one and Slytherin two. <laughs> Snake Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about the kind of snake. Which snake is your personality? Mm. Oh, I'm sure what that kind of exists. Flavor of evil, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna do that quiz after we finish recording. What? Snake is Pottermore is just the Mayor's Briggs your... test for people who haven't progressed beyond their childhood? Yes. So Myers Briggs is also that. Oh yeah, but at least they're <laughs> pretending to be scientific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Okay, I have found uh, what snake matches your personality quiz. So let's do it real quick. Uh, first question: Are we What's your? Do it for Tepic or furs? I don't know for the podcast in general. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Brown slash black, uh. green slash purple. Just one question mark. I love all colors. Red slash pink slash blue. <laughs> This is I know. Red, sl- red slash Wait. pink slash blue. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you an introvert or extrovert? <laughs> and the f- there's a, also a choice for I'm in between, I don't know, or extrovert or introvert. Uh, I think it's a silly thing to ask people to choose between because yeah. it depends. I'm an extrovert. Okay, I'm going for extrovert. <laughs> I'm always going for okay. the first one that someone says. How much do you love food? One, 
I love it. I like can't go an hour I without it. it. Every day. Two, I like it, but it's not a top priority. Three, eh, it helps me live. A top priority. Uh, <laughs> three, it helps me live. Okay. Food isn't a priority. I don't need it. I don't know what I do without food. <laughs> Same. I do. It's Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and food is just at the bottom. <laughs> okay. Question four out of seven. How aggressive are you? Extremely. One, when you get me mad, it's over for you. Two, why mm. can't we have peace? Three, I'm fairly aggressive. Number one, number one, three. Yeah, I agree. God, I mean, I used to be Mr. Peaceful, but now I'm just constantly angry because I'm having a good time. <laughs> um, Question number yeah. five. Do you feel misunderstood slash you yes. can't express yourself? Yeah. One, it's yeah. so hard. No, I express myself constantly. Two, I'm it's different, so but I'm doing a good job at expressing it. <laughs> Three, I think I express myself all right. No, I'm number one. Different. Three. Number one. Number one or I'm different? Oh, I'm different. Yeah. I'm different, but I'm doing, doing a good job at I like, I'm really like curious to know how this question in particular relates to snake behavior. I have no idea. <laughs> question number six. I'm weird. I'm Are you weirder. curious or more skittish? Uh, so what? curious. I'm so fucking curious. Okay, I'm going for curious. <laughs> And the final question. I want to know everything. I want to know what snake I am. I'm that curious. Final question. <laughs> Do you feel that you're smart? <laughs> no. So the, the three wrong. choices are smart isn't in my dictionary. I'm smart. I get slash got good grades. And three, I'm in the middle. I have a unique smart. Ooh, number three. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have a unique smart. Okay. Calculating <laughs> results. Milk snake. Hell yeah! Oh, this is a really pretty snake, though. Like, yeah, they're lovely. A chill one. We love a milk snake. That's good. I feel pretty. It says you are a milk snake. You can be (laughs) skittish at times, but that doesn't mean you're mean. You have an appetite, but you aren't aggressive with your food. You can be simple, but misunderstood. (laughs) Oh hell yeah! They're the ones that look really like. Question. The food question I'm just now realizing is like, are you a snake that needs to eat uh-huh. every now and then, or a snake that occasionally, you know, that eats like a lot? We're- and that's a very funny thing to ask a human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're a good snake because we're that we're that snake that looks like um the the yeah. much much deadlier coral yeah. snake. So we're a little bit yeah. tricky as well. Ooh. A little bit. Mm. What's going yeah, on there? We. we uh- <laughs> We look like a much deadlier podcast. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're obviously the best. Yeah, we're the only podcast. Um. So <laughs> I like that. Also, this quiz tried to tries to pin you into a, a type of snake intelligence, which I just feel <laughs> like don't snakes kind of have like the same intelligence as one another between species? What is there to do other than um. slither around? And where, no, but it's not like. Where does the snake fall on the bell curve? That's what you need to <laughs> but ask. it's like specifically snakes being inte- intelligent in getting good grades or not. Yeah, <laughs> As a snake, do you get yeah. good grades? As a snake, I'm more of an introvert. <laughs> uh huh. I saw a snake scrolling figures into the ground. That's right. It was an adder. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm pleased about that, though. 
Um, I think Chidder would be a garter snake. Yeah, yeah, Chidder's a garter snake anyway. Chidder is Chitter a garter, is the is a garter kind of snake. snake. Uh, what's Arthur? Who sensuously remove a garter Arthur snake? Arthur is a little baby corn snake. He's very small. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Arthur mm-hmm. is so small. I love that about him. Arthur is such a like anime type in yeah. this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's like little and blonde. Um, he's like the fun one of the group. Uh, he's in. He's like in Free. He's um, I don't know the little blonde one in Free. I don't remember his name. He's, uh, yeah. D- he's Nishinoya in Haikyuu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh my god! Discworld Assassins Guild, but it's a sports anime. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yes. yes, yes, please. You see, this is what they should be doing. This is the adaption they should yes. be making. I want to see Chitter like freak out because he's not um, good enough. I mean, like, once again, I, I I think that's what the anime assassination classroom is about. I haven't watched it. Yeah, but it isn't this. It well, we, we doesn't have good characters like um, Chitter or Cut or Cheese right in you it. You know, you're right. We, we need to have we need to we need to have anime Chitter. I think it would be Cheese good. right is a um, snout nosed uh hog snake. Cheese right's fucking dead, so I don't think it's he's fine. Really we don't know if he's dead. <laughs> Cheese right's uh-huh. the Anaconda from Anaconda. Yeah where they <laughs> where they kill it, and then it, then another one comes back and regurgitates John Voight right in front of the main cast. I completely forgot I'd seen that it's movie. So, it's so bad. It's so good, actually. I think you'll find. <laughs> oh. Uh, it lift me to heaven. <sighs> I did like the bit where it said that Arthur... Um, we're staying on for postgraduate studies. I'd like to know uh-huh. what that involves at the Assassin's Guild. I guess, yeah, I, guess I guess that's what you if you want to be able to teach uh, killing mm-hmm. yeah everyone looks down on him because he's got no real world experience yeah they also got lessons in political intrigue yeah it said an assassin can be must be comfortable in any room and also yeah. play one musical yeah little finger shows up and gives you a lesson on how to do politics <laughs> <laughs> yes that's a oh okay um let me just go through the book. There's a guy named Dill, which I, yeah. was, I was always thinking, what if it was Drill? Yeah. Would have been good. I, that, I'd like that. He does the, the Drill candle tweet that's like, someone help me budget this, but instead of buying candles, it's about buying too many black silk robes. Uh-huh. Oh, no, he's not an assassin. I was, he's not an assassin. He's I was, just, one I was the... just about to make the exact same joke, Lucy, <laughs> <laughs> about... But about brain nose hooks. Yeah, no, See, that's better. Correct. Yeah, because <laughs> he's actually the brain, the brain nook, brain hook nose man. Man door uh, hand, man door brain hook car. <laughs> <laughs> brain hook for sale. <laughs> Never used. Sorry, I'm my brain's really unraveling out of, like. Yeah, I feel like not out of mine is soup. At the moment, someone may as well have stuck a copper hook up my nose and like wiggled it around. <laughs> oh, I like the bit about death when uh, when he shows up and Dead King expects him to be a bug, and then Death is like, uh, well, "I used <laughs> to like in the past. I used to uh, put effort into assuming the appearance that 
people expected me to be in in you know their culture but now i just but then he just realized that nobody expected him either way and people will just <laughs> accept him in the classic stylish uh black robe outfit so mm-hmm. and the thing about a black robe is you can wear it anywhere it's a lot more versatile it's classic it's classic mm-hmm. or is it they're just they're too scared to buy more uh exp- like ex- i can't my brain is really a soup <laughs> They're too scared to buy <laughs> more exciting colors. They 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 need to they need to branch out somewhat. Yeah, would you like yeah, a like pitch. neon colored death? Oh yeah, just loads of hype beast assassin. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like supreme clothes. I'd love it. I sh- no, I think if somebody came to assassinate me and they were wearing a supreme hoodie, I think <laughs> I w- you know what? I think I'd be happy to die. Yes, kill me, but- king. <laughs> sick clothes mate oh my god i'm gonna anyway i'm gonna say i'm gonna find it i'm gonna send you an image of what would be the funniest uh way uh, for someone to look if they were about to assassinate me (laughs) and it's matt bellamy of muse on a like i don't know a few years ago Mm -hmm. um explain this is it (laughs) why do you think this would be the funniest so, <laughs> for you personally, I think I think it would need to be Matt Bellamy of Muse. Okay, <laughs> do you like the Muse? It looks like upholstery. Unfortunately, I also know the exact thing that mine would be as well. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Darren, Darren Chris wearing his wearing his wedding um, jean jacket <laughs> <laughs> that says Mr. Chris on the back. That's also very good. <laughs> You die, and then Darren Chris walks in like, "Hi." <laughs> I don't know how what he sounds like. It's Mister Chris. <laughs> Is that how he sounds? He's like, "Hi, it's me, Darren Chris." <laughs> you may remember me you. from Glee. <laughs> Who's Darren Chris? He's in Glee. <laughs> He's in Glee. He was in um, Star Kid when he was younger. He was in um, Assassination of Giovanni Versace. Um, he was in that Hollywood one like... recently by the Glee man. Yeah. Well, so was um, uh, Giovanni Versace. That's also the Glee man, um, Ryan Murphy. But he's also got just like a very bizarre energy that I find really uh-huh. creepy. Um, he's like very theatre yeah. kid, but like in an aggressive way. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all theatre. Yeah, kids. I was going to say, explain, explain to me what a theatre kid is in a non-aggressive way. <laughs> Even if they're like on the surface level shy, there's a there's there's a deeper wrongness within them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a video. He did a Star Kid announcement where he it was just him sitting in like a room with like a spotlight on him, and it was like the most sinister thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe I should start... I, I think um, about making videos all the time, but I think if it was just me in like a completely blank room on a stool reading something off a piece of paper that has nothing to do with anything, I think that would be good. No, slightly... What would you be reading? Um, I don't know, like an instruction manual for something. <laughs> like... Why would you do be, that? For, uh, to be kind of edgy, to be a little creepy to be uh, informative. That's some edutainment. Uh I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) entertainment. 
Okay. Oh, I, I think we're on the decline. I know. I have a um, question here that may reinvigorate things. Okay. It's controversial. It's controversial. <laughs> reinvigorate I, me, I George, each, please. I want you all to each answer in your own ways. Okay. Um, all right. So, do you worship the mother goddess in her aspect of the moon? Or do you worship <laughs> yeah. her in her aspect of a huge fat woman with enormous buttocks? Obviously. Um, I worship her in the form one. of the thickest moon goddess possible. Those moon ooh, cheeks. Ooh, that, you're hedging. You're hedging your bet there, Lucy. Am I? The moon. The moon or the buttocks. You can't have both. Oh, the the buttocks. The buttocks. She's mooning me when I see her. Uh huh. But when you think about it, isn't the moon the biggest bum of all? Yeah, mm. but it's just one. Yeah, it's one cheek. <laughs> <laughs> because the other one got destroyed <laughs> and fucked up the seasons. And um, anyway, listen to uh, our other podcast to understand <laughs> this. I you know. <laughs> um, well, what about you, George? Do you worship the moon goddess as the moon, or as uh, the thick goddess, the 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 moon, the clapping moon cheeks? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's got to be the enormous buttocks. Yeah, well. right. Obviously. I, I don't, I don't understand yeah, why anyone would choose out. to worship her in the moon aspect. Mm, cowardice. I guess. Yeah. Fear mm. of women's sexuality, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're no, a I guess if you're like you 15, you know, at assassin school, then you would say, oh, women are lame. Yeah. And then <laughs> you would just go for the moon. But if you're not a coward, <laughs> which we are not, we are famously <laughs> a not coward podcast. Uh, we. We're so much not cowards that we are going to watch The Watch when it comes mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the bravest Great. thing you can didn't? do. What if we just didn't watch The Watch? <laughs> who doesn't watch The Watch? <laughs> uh, well, who watches The Watch? We would, have, we would have answered our, uh, our question, wouldn't we? Who watches The Watch? Not, not us. us. Not us. So Never us. us. Yeah. What if we just read reviews? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we just read summaries, we read the TV tropes page, but we never actually watched oh, it. We we'll just go on the the AV Club's weekly write up uh-huh. and watch. Oh, I do do that. It's terrible. Um, the thing is, we will also we will also do all of this. Like when when the watch comes out, we will read bad lib reviews probably, and mm-hmm. uh, TV trope pages. So hell yeah. Who reads? Okay. Yeah. Should we- who reads the trope? I'm bring. Who reads the trope? Who reviews? Who reviews uh-huh. the reviewers? Um, that's got to exist. That podcast. That's what, we are. what is what is a king to a pharaoh? What is a pharaoh to a uh, TV critic? Uh huh. A cat may look at a king. Exactly. Yeah. But it also gets the cream and is killed by curiosity. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying? Yes, it is. Mm. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> My brain I'm is legitimately it. pouring out of my <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. I'm bringing this Hey, to was close. this book racist, um, by the way? Like, so far? Like, a little bit, but, like, not terribly, I think. Yeah. I think Egyptian tropes are, like, yeah, yeah they're all They're all dead now. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> but Egypt still exists. Oh, sure, but, like, culturally it's very, like, disconnected from ancient Egypt. Yeah. Apart from Coptic Christians, uh, I suppose. But then they don't even speak Coptic except as a liturgical language now. So I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Probably a bit. It's probably not great. No. Um, from like that perspective, but I think it's almost. 
as it goes on, I think it's so disconnected from the reality yeah. of Egypt that it sort of becomes mm. less less so. Yeah, personally, I think it's fine. I think we should get mummies and we should uh-huh. stick our hand inside <laughs> them, sake. and we should. Uh, you we said should... this joke last. Oh, week. did I? <laughs> the exact same thing. I think I might have said that. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, it was George. I edited it today, and he said it in the exact same way. <laughs> That's very um, funny. I also don't remember okay, it. I th- it's been a bad brain week. Um, okay, I I am shutting us down. So, how much of the book are we reading? Can we read the next book chapter? Two. Yeah, book two is the longest one. Okay. So. Okay, um, chapter two, book of the dead. Book of the oh, dead. Yes. Um, and then I guess we'll read the last two books in one episode because I can't justify doing four episodes in one book even though we kind of did that on Weird Sisters but there was a TV adaptation so it's fine Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah so thank you for listening to this episode of Who Watches the Watch I hope this was satisfying to your ear holes and to your brain pants thank you so much for listening Um, oh my god I can't believe you did it again you did it! Oh, well done. Thank you. You did Pharaoh it. shit. You got through. That's, um, I'm so sorry. This, it's just the end of Evangelion and we're all clapping and saying congratulations. <laughs> hey, I want to um, do a little call yeah, to so... action here um, to our listeners. Okay. Because we have discovered that if you Google Discord podcast, we are like the third result which is good it's pretty good but there's still two podcasts that are above us um and it's you know the second one i don't care about that one but the first one is desert island discord and they did a shout out recently of two other discord (laughs) podcasts and none of them were us which made me very upset (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so we're officially Um, starting beef Uh, with other people who have the same interests as us. Uh, I'm sure this will be good. This is a good idea. We're all... Some people think you should make a community uh-huh. based on shared interests, and we think Look, that you should form enmities based on shared Either of these I am satisfied with, right? Because uh, Desert Island Discord has 20 patrons, but they don't even get bonus episodes, Lame. so what's the point? Uh, so I would really mm-hmm. like to beat that. Uh, and they also have 900 okay. Twitter followers. That's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Well, you know what they say? It's yeah. like voting. Bring 10 of your friends. So. Yeah, exactly. So if we can if we can either, <laughs> we can achieve either of these, I would be very happy about that. Or alternatively, um, if you're a fellow Discord podcaster who listens to this for some reason, reach out to us and maybe we can <laughs> like plug our content uh or do some collabs Let's or something. Collab. I'm also fine with building a community, but I'm also okay with destroying other Discord podcasters. So <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice. You're, you're a little bit. You're you're sort of the two face of Discord podcasts. <laughs> you're we're flipping a you're flipping a coin, and we're seeing where it lands. Um, live or destroy. Um, okay, so that's our call to action. On that note. Um, if you want more of this, then you can donate to our Patreon um, at Who Watches the Watch on Patreon. And we have loads of bonus episodes. And for one currency plus VAT, you can have access to all of the ones we've done so far. And there's a bunch. And we are doing investigations and we are talking about bad young adult fiction that goes completely mm-hmm. bananas. Next, next week, we're all pitching a novel, so... 
Yeah, next week we're all pitching a young adult novel that we want um, Amazon writer Bella yeah. Forrest to pay us to write. <laughs> we're going to get a little Henning. nutty with it. Yeah. <laughs> write our own Bella Forrest um, novel, so you don't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's all for one currency. And if you pay five currency plus VAT, then we'll shout you out at the end of the podcast so that you know that we appreciate you. And also, you have the bonus episodes. Thank you so much to our um, so five euro patrons on the rinse flower tier which are ron quinn boyfriend mm-hmm. of the show thomas thank you mm-hmm. for being all our mm-hmm. boyfriends um mm-hmm. and our listeners boyfriends mm-hmm. as well for being the collective uh-huh. boyfriends this is a very large well, no molecule. actually you have to you have to subscribe <laughs> for the 10 euro tier and then tom will also become your boyfriend oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely uh, thank you, Justin Crandall, Milk mm-hmm. Succubus, mm-hmm. Uh, Evan DM, and Rise and Grind mm-hmm. memes for side hustling teens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, pals. The fact that you would do that is bizarre, but I appreciate <laughs> it a lot. Yeah. Feels good. Feels yes, organic. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to us yeah. and for supporting I- us. Of course, <laughs> that too. Even if we're insane. Mm. Um, I mean, not insane, but we have very bad energy. <laughs> even, even if you could knock the top off my head and drink it like a pina colada from a coconut shell. Uh-huh. <laughs> would, it, would it be creamy or like fruity? I think it'd be kind of Shunk. effervescent, but also a little bit gelatinous. <laughs> mm, so like a jellyfish. Mm, no, fi- like slightly fizzy, uh-huh. like a mousse, but like a, like an actively sparkling mousse. Yeah, it's just- Edward Cullen looking into George's mm, skull as a mess, he says. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks, okay, gamers. I'm saying goodbye now. Um, and you're welcome because this is great content and we're working our asses off in producing <laughs> this great podcast, so you should be thankful to us, actually. <laughs> Every every recording, in order to get into the mood, do a recording. I just hit myself over the head <laughs> with like a really hard object a bunch of times, so I can get in uh-huh. the right headspace. <laughs> to perform, I'm not. Um, yeah, to to be as good as a podcaster I can be, I'm doing no fap and have been since we started. So I'm full of <laughs> the most disgusting pent up energy you could possibly have. What since we started recording today, Lucy? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm doing the opposite. Uh, every uh, before every recording, I am busting a nut. So <laughs> I literally That's said the opposite the at the beginning between. of this episode. You, you listeners, you get to decide on how much I am cranking off. Damn! Check, Choose check your own adventure. Masturbation. Sure thing is, okay. <laughs> See, I have to come yeah, before exactly. the recording because otherwise my raw masculine energy <laughs> would take the conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, you just, if you do no fap, you stop being able to levitating. You stop being able to levitate after two weeks. So I would encourage you to get on that or get off that. I get a third eye that opens in the, in the middle of my forehead. Listen, every episode we come, we record, we leave. Okay. Um... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um... Lucy, check if the spider's behind. <laughs> okay. Um, Stan. Stan, Stan, Stan Kidder. Kidder. <laughs>
Stench. in the chat for cheese, right? Yeah. in chat for cheese. R.I.P. Cheese, yeah. right? R.I.P. Uh, cheese, right? Stan, uh, rinse flower always. Stan. Stan, Granny mm. Nanny. Uh, everyone's favorite new Willowoo ship. Gith man. I don't know. Weather, weather og. Stan weather og. Stan weather og. Yeah. Yeah, and until next time, bye. 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 listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details